Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back. Welcome to episode 86 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. Terrific to be back. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. And we're now 24 days until Christmas. We got a great show today. We're going to talk some college football. Uh, going to talk about the college football playoff rankings, what I think they should be after uh, this week in college football leading into conference championship week. Uh, my Heisman candidates, I have five. I'm going to narrow it down to three to send to New York. And then I'll I will do a Ford food chain. The top five teams in the NFL, according to me, through this point in the season, right now, week 13, being played college football. So Ohio State and Michigan faced off in the game yesterday uh, in a series that has really been dominated by the Buckeyes in recent history. And the Buckeyes dominated once again yesterday, 56-27 to for their eighth straight win in the series. And now Jim Harbaugh has lost every year against Ohio State since he took over in 2015. Uh, So this is his fifth straight loss. And Jim Harbaugh just has no answers for this Ohio State program. And this is with first-year head coach Ryan Day. Uh, Urban Meyer not there this year. And Ryan Day steps in and has a tremendous year and has Ohio State looking like the best team in the country. And right now, currently, they are ranked number one in the country. But Michigan falls to Ohio State yet again, and it leaves me wondering whether or not Jim Harbaugh is his job safe because I think the the whole thing with, with Michigan is their, their goal every year, of course, other than winning a national championship, which is the same for every team, is to beat Ohio State. That's the one game you have marked on your calendar every single year. If you go out and beat Ohio State, We've had a successful year, and they haven't done it in eight straight years. <laughs> the last time they won was 2011, and then before that, it was another seven-game streak by the Buckeyes. So really, the past 15 years, 16 years, it's been all Ohio State. So is there a talent gap? Yes, I think there is a talent gap between Ohio State and Michigan, but I also think it's a coaching gap. I just don't think Jim Harbaugh's offense matches up with Ohio State or any of these other top offenses in the country. I know that their offense was great the last several weeks leading into the Ohio State-Michigan game. Shea Patterson just hasn't been great for Michigan since he took over. The rocky start to this year wasn't really great last year. He played great yesterday against Ohio State. made a lot of great throws in the short and intermediate game early on. Kept Michigan in it, but just couldn't do enough down the stretch. Too many mistakes to really keep this game close. And a 56 to 27 score, just it's just not good enough. And Michigan made too many state mistakes against an Ohio State team that has just been the best team in the country really all year long. And Ohio State's looking like the best team in the country. They are currently ranked number one in the college football playoff polls, the 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 rankings. And Michigan, right now number 13, and they'll likely fall even further with their third loss this year. And for Michigan, they've lost every year to Ohio State under Jim Harbaugh, and they've lost a combined seven times over the past five seasons. 
to every other Big Ten team. So Jim Harbaugh has been great against the Big Ten, but he can't get that one win against the Ohio State Buckeyes that has eluded him since he took over with the Wolverines. Another big matchup in college football yesterday, the Iron Bowl, Auburn defeated Alabama 48 to 40, or yeah, 48 to 45 in really what came down to the final seconds. There was I believe there was a couple minutes left. It was actually it was just under 2 minutes I believe and Alabama had a chance at a field goal to tie it up from just outside 30 yards and the kicker doinked it off the left left upright. And Auburn ended up taking the game because Alabama only had two timeouts left, two minutes left in the game. A first down essentially seals it. Auburn won the game. Um, and now Alabama, I understand that they're out. They're without their quarterback to a tag of Iloa. Uh, but they still managed to put up 45 points. But I think the problem lies within their defense because this same Auburn team only put up 13 points against Florida. Only 20 points to LSU. Only 20 points against Ole Miss. They lost 21-14 to Georgia. And then they go out there and put up 48 on Alabama. And Alabama is supposed to have the best defense in the country, an NFL-quality defense. If you match them up against an NFL offense today, they would fare pretty well. And Auburn went out there and really took it to the Crimson Tide. Won it by three, and now they sit at nine and three on the year. No chances of making the playoff, but they get their their win in the Iron Bowl, and Alabama is now going to be removed from the college football playoff. They're not going to make it. And it's funny because Alabama, the teams that they have struggled against this year and really in previous years, the teams that they have lost to are all Tigers. The Clemson Tigers, the LSU Tigers, and the Auburn Tigers. They lost to Auburn this year, and they lost to LSU this year. And this is the first time that Alabama's lost two games in a long time under Nick Saban. So Alabama effectively removed from the college football playoff. They were number five. They're going to be out with two losses. They're not going to play in their conference championship. And really what this means now is that Nick Saban is no longer at the top of the mountain in college football. He cannot keep his coordinators. Every year, his coordinators move to other colleges to get head coaching positions, or they move up to the NFL. Tua Jagavailoa is gone. He'll go into the draft. And over the last several years, they've, they've struggled against some of these top teams. And I think what we're looking at now is if Clemson makes the college football playoff, which I think they will, but if they make the playoff and they win the national championship, I think Dabo Sweeney now sits atop the college football world and Clemson will be the best program in college football. I think that's I think that's where this is going. I still think Nick Saban is, is right there, but I don't think he holds the crown anymore as best coach and best program in college football. I think that's going to transfer over to Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. Ohio State will be right there. Ryan Day is a first-year coach, so you can't really put him right there yet. You you really want to wait and see. But uh, Alabama is going to 
get knocked down the pecking order a little bit. And I think after this year, if Clemson wins the national championship, I think we're going to be looking at Dabo Sweeney as the premier coach in college football, a guy who everybody's going to want in the NFL, but he'll never leave because he sits atop the college football world. Um, so that leads me now to my top four in the college football playoff. Those rankings won't come out until Tuesday, but this is what I think it's going to be. Ohio State is number one in my mind, no doubt. They have been the most consistent and they've looked like the most dominant team in college football all year long. They get that signature win against Michigan. They beat Penn State uh, in, a, in a closer game, but they beat Penn State. And they've handled all these other conference foes who uh, aren't that great, and they've they've handled them with ease. Whereas in recent pa- uh, recent history, the Buckeyes have struggled against some of the weaker teams in the Big Ten, like Maryland last year. They won in double overtime uh, a couple of years ago. Iowa defeated them in their house, in Iowa's house. I, I'm speaking of. Um, so Ohio State really has dominated through and through this whole season, and they'll take on Wisconsin, who they absolutely manhandled earlier in the year. They'll take them on in the in the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis, and I have no doubt in my mind that they will take care of business and move on to the college football playoff. I think even if they lose to Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship, as long as it's a competitive game, I think they're still in. So Ohio State, clear-cut number one team, they're in no matter what, in my mind. Number two is the LSU Tigers. They have a Heisman hopeful in Joe Burrow, who has just been unbelievable this year. And the Tigers, they have that win against Alabama. You defeated the Crimson Tide. That's something that is very rare. It doesn't happen every year. And you were the first team to beat them this year with to attack of Iloa. So that's that's really your signature win. That's your staple. And you're going to be playing in the SEC championship. They're going to get in. And Joe Burrow, we'll get to him in a minute. Been fantastic. Number three is Clemson. And Clemson has had their fair share of scares uh, this season. But they're 12-0. And... They're another team that's going to be playing for a conference championship in the ACC. And, I mean, they were last year's champions, and I think they're going to be right there again this year. And like I said, if they win, Dabo Sweeney climbs to the top of the college football world, that coaching realm. Clemson's the best program in the country, if that's the case. I've got Clemson sitting right there at three with them. Number four, number four is very tough for me because I've really got it between two teams. You could throw in a third, but I, I I wouldn't throw this third team in. Number four is probably Georgia. They're eleven and one. They do have a really bad loss on their resume, but they've finished the season really, really strong, pretty darn strong. They've won six in a row to finish the year, and they're a tough SEC team that's going to be playing in the SEC championship against LSU, and that's going to be a. Uh, a tough one, and that could really actually shake up the college football playoff rankings. Whoever wins that matchup is for sure in, 
but it would be pretty interesting if Georgia lost. They get their second loss. Who moves in front of Georgia? And I think I think LSU will defeat Georgia in the SEC championship. And when that happens, Oklahoma will jump from uh, the, the 6-7 range and move in to number four. They're my wild card right now, Oklahoma. Now, they they, they have struggled a little bit. They had a miraculous comeback win against Baylor, but they have that a crushing loss to Kansas State. That's a tough one. They did play them close. It was a close game. It wasn't like they got blown out and they just didn't show up and play. It was a close one, but they lost. The only problem with Oklahoma is their defense. They can't stop anybody. They couldn't stop a nosebleed if they tried. Jalen Hurts is really the engine that makes this team go. And I think if Georgia loses in the SEC championship, and I think they will, and as long as Oklahoma takes care of Baylor in the Big 12 championship, Oklahoma will catapult into the top four, and they'll make it to the college football playoff. So those are my rankings. Number one, Ohio State. Number two, LSU. Number three, Clemson. And then number four right now is Georgia. But if they lose in the SEC championship, it's Oklahoma who gets in. Now to my Heisman candidates. Uh, I already briefly mentioned Joe Burrow a little bit. Joe Burrow, without a doubt, I think is the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. But there are four other guys on my list that I think have terrific opportunities to go to New York and take home the trophy. Three of them are quarterbacks. One's a running back and one's a defensive player. And spoiler alert, three of them are from the same college, Ohio State. So we already know Joe Burrow's in. My three people from Ohio State are Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, and Chase Young. And then my third quarterback is Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. Now let's dive into each three quarterbacks and why I think they should be in. Now, Joe Burrow from LSU has 4,300 passing yards this year, which is an all-time record in the SEC for passing yards in a single season. Joe Burrow has been phenomenal. 44 touchdowns, six interceptions, remarkably efficient, and really just hasn't slowed, slowed down all year long. And to break an SEC record for passing yards in a year, 4,300 yards, is that's incredible in college football when you only play 12 games in the regular season. That's incredible. And 44 touchdowns. Unreal. Justin Fields for Ohio State, not much of a thrower down the field. He can throw a pretty ball, and he's got a great arm, but only 2,600 passing yards, excuse me. But he does have 37 touchdown passes and only one interception. That's efficiency at its peak right there. And then with his throwing ability, he's also a talented and gifted athlete as far as running the football. 470 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. Just an unbelievable threat in the read option game. Quarterback keepers can take off and run and great outside the pocket. He can throw on a dime running to either to his right or to his left. There was a play yesterday against Michigan 
where he got pressured flush from the pocket, rolled out to his left. He looked like he was going to take off with it, but then kind of pulled it back, set his feet, and fired a strike into the end zone for a touchdown 30 yards. And that was following an injury scare where his knee kind of buckled. An offensive lineman got pushed into his knee. His knee buckled, sat out a few plays, came back in, and then delivers a strike into the end zone running to his left, setting his feet and throwing. Justin Fields is remarkably athletic. Is not going to blow you away with passing yards, but has 37 touchdowns, one pick, and then 10 rushing touchdowns as well. Just unbelievable. And now my third quarterback on my list, Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts. I think this is much more balanced, and I think he is right there with Joe Burrow as far as uh, Heisman front runners. Jalen Hurts has 3,300 yards passing, so 1,000 less than Joe Burrow. 31 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, but get this. He has 1,200 yards rushing and 18 rushing touchdowns. Those are running back numbers for a season. And we still have a Big 12 championship to play and possibly two games in the college football playoff. Jalen Hurts, those are video game numbers. 3,300 yards passing, 31 touchdowns, 1,200 yards rushing, and 18 rushing touchdowns. That's You can't write that. Unbelievable. And I think out of those three quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts would be my pick uh, from those three. Now moving to my third, or excuse me, my fourth candidate, my only running back on this list, J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State. He has 1,600 rushing yards and 19 rushing touchdowns. And he averages 138 yards a game. But I think the more impressive stat is the yards per carry. 6.6 6.6 yards per tote per game, leading to 138 game, uh, 138 a game average. And I mean, 1,600 yards, man. And and if you're looking at J.K. Dobbins' stats, J.K. Dobbins has really lit it up over the past several weeks of play. And he had over 200 yards yesterday against Michigan. 211 yards and four rushing touchdowns. Against Penn State, he had a buck 57 and two rushing touchdowns. Uh, against Wisconsin, back on October 26th, a buck 63 and two touchdowns. Against Northwestern, he had a buck 21 and a touchdown. Against Michigan State, 172 and a touchdown. Against Nebraska, 177. Against Indiana, 193 and a touchdown. Against Cincinnati, 141 and two touchdowns. I mean, unbelievable. And against some of these ranked opponents, against number 13, Michigan had over 200 yards rushing. Against number 8, Penn State, he had over 150 yards rushing. Against number 13, Wisconsin, at the time they were ranked 13th, 163. Northwestern, a Big Ten opponent, he had a, a buck 21. Against number 25, Michigan State, at that moment, 172. I mean, he shines bright in the biggest of games. And I think it would be hard to not include him in the conversation for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I think he's right there 
but it's difficult to compete against these quarterbacks for that trophy. That trophy quarterback usually takes the cake every single year. But my last candidate for the Heisman Trophy is Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State. Now, Chase Young has been a monster this year. 16 and a half sacks, seven forced fumbles. I think Chase Young is the best player in college football, and I think in the draft next year, he will be the best prospect. Will he go number one? More than likely not, just because of the need at quarterback for some of these teams like the Miami Dolphins, the Cincinnati Bengals, so on and so forth. But Chase Young will be the best prospect. Like last year, I think Nick Bosa was the best prospect in the NFL, in the NFL draft. He didn't go number one. Kyler Murray went number one. And Nick Bosa right now is playing the best out of all the rookies in that class. Certainly in the conversation for rookie of the year in the NFL. I think this is the same story with Chase Young, but I think Chase Young might be even better. And looking at some game-by-game statistics for Chase Young against number 8 Penn State, he had three sacks, nine tackles. Against Wisconsin, he had four sacks and six tackles. Against Northwestern, he had a sack. Against Michigan State, he had half a sack. But over the last several weeks, Chase Young has been playing really well. Now, the only knock that I will have on Chase Young for this Heisman Trophy is that he didn't show up yesterday against Michigan. Granted, they didn't need him to, but he didn't show up. No tackles, no sacks, really no impact on the game. And this is the game against the Wolverines. He didn't show up. That's going to be a problem, and that's going to hurt his case going into the Heisman Trophy race at the end of the year. So for that reason, he's going to be held out of my top three because he did not show up against Michigan, but I still think he's the best player in college football, and I think he's the best prospect in next year's NFL draft. And now this moves me into my top three Heisman candidates Chase Young is out, and Justin Fields is going to be out. It's going to be Joe Burrow from LSU, Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, and J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State. Burrow, 4,300 passing yards, an SEC record for a single season, 44 touchdowns, 6 picks. Jalen Hurts, 3,300 passing yards, 31 touchdowns, 6 picks, and 1,200 rushing yards and 18 rushing touchdowns. And then J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State, 1,600 rushing yards, 19 touchdowns, 138 yards a game, and 6.6 yards per carry. I think those three move on to New York, and my winner of the Heisman Trophy, Jalen Hurts. 3,300 passing yards and 31 touchdowns. That's pretty good in and of itself, but you add the running back-like numbers of 1,200 rushing yards and 18 touchdowns. That's incredible. I think Jalen Hurts wins the Heisman Trophy, and becomes the third consecutive Oklahoma quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy, dating back to last year, Kyler Murray, and the year before, Baker Mayfield. Lincoln Riley knows how to groom these quarterbacks and knows how to make them Heisman candidates, that's for sure. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to do it and become the third Oklahoma quarterback in a row 
to be a Heisman Trophy winner. All right, to round out the show, let's shift now to some NFL talk. The Ford food chain. Instead of doing the top 10 teams in the NFL, it's a little long-winded. Let's shift to the top five teams. Let's shorten it down a little bit, make it a little more concise. My top five teams, this is this is really difficult. You could really, with the exception, I think, I think with one of these teams, I think you could really order the top four in any way you want, and I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with it. So we'll start at number five. Number five, I have the New England Patriots. They have the best secondary in the NFL. Devin McCourty and Stephon Gilmore have nine total interceptions combined. McCourty has five. Gilmore has four. That duo of cornerbacks, I think, is the best in the NFL. They're also second in total defense as far as allowing yards per game. It's it's right there. I think it might be the best defense in the NFL. If not, definitely the second-best defense. It is right there. A tremendous defense, and defense wins championships. They also have a terrific special teams unit, and they have have the best coaching in the NFL. Bill Belichick is the best coach, has the best staff, all incredibly smart, and they know how to do a lot with a little. The only problem I have with the New England Patriots is is their 18th in total offense, and they have a struggling offensive line. They cannot run the football to save their lives. And Tom Brady, he is 42 years old. He is not playing the same way that he has in a while. Granted, he doesn't have the same weapons around him. He doesn't have Rob Gronkowski anymore. He, Muhammad Sanu has been out. He still has Julian Edelman. His, that's his number one. That's his go-to. But really, other than that, he doesn't have a lot. And I got to give him credit because he's doing so much with very little offensive weaponry around him. The running game is struggling, although they have three or four backs that really share a lot of snaps. But the defense is what's carrying this team, and that can only take them so far. I think the Patriots are going to have to play a little bit better offensively. I'm not going to count them out because... That's a mistake. You don't count out the New England Patriots. I made that mistake last year. But they're going to have to play a little bit better offensively to make me believe that they're in the top three or two teams in the league. Number four, I've got the New Orleans Saints. Now, they're around middle of the pack in in total offense as well. They're 13th in total offense, 11th in total defense, but... Cam Jordan leads the league in sacks with 13 and a half. And I think that's vital for the success of the New Orleans Saints. Their pass rush has been dominant all year, and Cam Jordan is leading the way and making them making an impact. And another thing for the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees is another older quarterback. He can't move the ball down the field as well as he, as he used to anymore. And of course, durability is a little bit of a concern because he injured his thumb earlier in the year on his throwing hand. That could become a problem for him later on. We don't know. But they have to feed the ball to Michael Thomas, who I think is the best receiver in football. He leads the league in receiving yards with 1,290. And I think the success of that offense runs through Michael Thomas. I don't think it runs through Alvin Kamara. Kamara has struggled over the past several weeks, he has been injured. 
and he hasn't been effective or as effective this year uh, being the lead man, being that lead back. They had Mark Ingram last year, who is a number one back in his own right, playing in Baltimore now and having an incredible year. But he hasn't really dominated in that number one role like I thought he would and like many thought he would. I think this offense has to run through Michael Thomas, getting him the ball early and often, feeding him the rock, and then Cam Jordan coming off the edge, getting to the quarterback. That's how the New Orleans Saints are going to have to run. And they're doing a great job sitting atop their division. And I thought they were going to take a step back this year, but they've surprised me. And they're right in the thick of things in the NFC. Number three, I've got the Seattle Seahawks. They're number five in total offense. And I think Russell Wilson, he's a step behind Lamar Jackson for most valuable player in the NFL. But has been absolutely incredible. A wizard with his feet. Doesn't take off like he used to. He is very, very, very good situationally. And is just so smart and so clutch at the end of games. And he's been extremely efficient. Only a couple of interceptions on the season. The Seahawks, another team that I that we keep saying every year is just kind of going to be in a rebuild mode for maybe a couple of years, and then Russell Wilson will be back, but they just never go away. My only issue with the Seahawks is that they're 24th in total defense, and that's something that in the past we used to point to with the Seahawks and say, that is the strong suit of their team. It's their defense. That's what carries them. It's not Russell Wilson. It's the defense. It's the Legion of Boom, but... Their defense is nowhere near what it used to be. Their defense is, quite honestly, one of their one of the worst ones in the league. Bottom eight. And now it's Russell Wilson's team. He leads the charge offensively and carries his football team. So the defense is going to have to step up if the Seahawks are going to make a deep playoff run, but I don't think they can given the way their defense plays. Now, they do win a lot of close games, and that's going to benefit them in certain situations. But I think once it comes down to the NFC Championship Super Bowl, I don't think they can get there with their defense as currently constructed. Number two, we've got the Baltimore Ravens. This was, this one was really tough. I think you could have flip-flopped this, this one either way. But I've got the Baltimore Ravens at number two. They're first in total offense with 433 yards, and they're also first in rushing. Over 200 uh, 200 rushing yards a game. And they're a top 10 defense, 10th in total defense. Just extremely balanced, quite possibly the most balanced team in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson, he's actually ninth in the league in rushing, averaging 79 a game, has six rushing touchdowns. I think that is the most important component of this Ravens offense is Lamar Jackson's running ability especially once you get into these colder months because throwing the football is not going to be as efficient. It's not going to work as well uh, when it's colder, it's snowing, raining, whatever it is. I think Lamar Jackson's running ability is going to be more evident in these later weeks. And I think it's the most crucial part of the offense because teams don't really know how to play it. He is so elusive, so fast, so quick. It seems almost impossible to bring him down or run him down. Plus, Lamar Jackson has shown that he can throw the ball this year. He had five touchdown passes against the Los Angeles Rams. So, definitely 
in line for MVP. I think he's number one in the MVP running. And his running ability, I think, is uh, the most unique part about this team. And I think that's what makes it so challenging to play them because you don't know how to to defend the run. Uh, But the Ravens, first in total offense, they have the best offense in the league. They're at number two. Number one, I've got the San Francisco 49ers. Now, these two teams playing today, so this could be a little subject to change, but I've got the 49ers at number one. They're sixth in total offense, but they're first in total defense. They have the best defense in football. And Jimmy Garoppolo, top 10 in the league as far as rating with quarterbacks. And coming off that ACL injury, was a little ginger to start, but really settled in. And he is now leading this team, making tough throws, anticipatory throws. And a few comeback wins this year. Dominated the Green Bay Packers last week. I mean, the 49ers look good. And Nick Bosa, the best player on the field defensively for the 49ers. They're just so good. And right now they're in the toughest part of their schedule. They're in the middle of a three-game gauntlet playing the um, the Packers last week. Then you play the Ravens this week. And then I believe they have the Seahawks next after that. So uh, let's pull up the 49ers schedule here. 49ers schedule. Oh, they have the Saints. They have the Saints after this. So, I mean, these are all first place teams. You played the Packers. You destroyed them. You're playing the Ravens, currently tied at 17 in the fourth quarter. And then you play the Saints, who are are a first place team. And you're trying to hold off the Seattle Seahawks, who beat you earlier in the year, handed you your only loss to this point. And once that record becomes even, the Seahawks hold the tiebreaker. That NFC West race is really, really tight. And this is going to be really telling about how good these 49ers really are because the knock on them earlier in the year is that they weren't playing anybody. But now they're playing the Packers, the Ravens, and the Saints. And they'll have the Seahawks one more time as well. It's going to be really interesting to see where the 49ers stack up and if they can conquer this this three-game stretch that they have in front of them and maintain pace in the NFC West. So that is my Ford Food Chain top five teams in the NFL, according to me. Number five, the New England Patriots. Number four, the New Orleans Saints. Number three, the Seattle Seahawks. Number two, the Baltimore Ravens. Number one, the San Francisco 49ers. That'll do it for episode 86 of WFS, the Will Ford Show. Thank you for joining me. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. we got Christmas coming up in a few weeks. And also the end of the semester for me as well in two weeks. Got the last week of classes starting tomorrow. It's going to be preparation for final exams, final projects, final essays, all that great stuff. And then the week after we'll have exams. So things are going to slow down for me. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you soon in episode 87. It's WFS.